I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. Do you understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This is Play Me, your digital theater. We transform the hottest contemporary plays into bingeable audio dramas. I'm Laura Mullen. And I'm Chris Tolley. Welcome to Play Me, your ticket to some of the hottest shows by award-winning playwrights. We're back with the next show in our series, Andrea Scott's drama, Control Damage, about legendary activist Viola Desmond. In parts one and two, we met Viola Desmond, a newly married young woman who's a successful beautician and entrepreneur. She's received a big order of beauty products and is heading from Halifax to Sydney, Nova Scotia to deliver them when her car breaks down in New Glasgow. To pass the time while her car is being fixed, she unknowingly sits in the whites-only section of a theatre but refuses to give up her seat when she's asked to move. After spending the night in jail, she's confronted with a decision to try and fight her conviction. This is the conclusion to Control Damage by Andrea Scott. A note to our listeners. This play is set in the 1940s and contains a racial epithet as the show reflects the racism of the era. Listener discretion is advised. Hmm. You're a manhandled, put in jail, blah, blah, blah. That's a steep fine, and right before the holidays. Bad timing, huh? A fine for nothing, sir. Vi was well within her rights to sit where she wanted, and... I'm sorry, uh, you are? I'm Perlene Oliver. She's my wife. We're the ones who started a chapter of the NAACP here and raised money in our community to cover Vi's legal fees. She's not looking for a handout. What are you looking for, Mrs. Desmond? It is Mrs., right? Will your husband be joining us? No, he will not. The Reverend Perlene and the church are being very supportive. Now, I know going to court won't erase the memory of that night or bring back that lost trip. It's just, I wasn't guilty, Mr. Bissett. I didn't know the theater was segregated. I always sit near the front because of my eyes. And if Jack was here, he'd tell you. But doesn't matter. I have a conviction on my record and I want it reversed. Can you do that? According to this, you were charged and convicted of tax evasion. Your lawyer didn't contest this? I didn't have a lawyer. How many colored clients have you had, Mr. Bissett? I only ask because you genuinely seem surprised that Viola didn't have representation. You must know that there are different laws and rules for colored people. And this wasn't about taxes. I tried to pay them and they refused to take my money. This was about race, sir. That's not what the court records say. 
And we can only move forward using the facts. Besides, it's not illegal to discriminate against someone because of their race, color, or creed. But... I'm going to have the court issue a writ with you, Mrs. Desmond, as the plaintiff. The Roseland Theater and this, uh, Henry McNeil acted improperly when he called the police to have you forcibly removed. I believe you're entitled to compensation on the grounds of assault, malicious prosecution, and false imprisonment. Oh... It's unconscionable that you were tried without any legal representation. Unforgivable, really. Why would I have needed a lawyer if I was innocent? As you can see, Mrs. Desmond, innocence in some people's eyes is subjective. You think you can win this? I believe there was a violation on part of the defendants who took advantage of a situation where nobody stood up for this young woman who did not commit a crime worthy of how she was treated. Canada will not let you down, Mrs. Desmond. I give you my word. I think there's been a huge misunderstanding here. I am the owner and manager of the Roseland Theater here in New Glasgow. This here establishment has been running for how long, Ma? Since 1913. Since before the war. There are two theaters in Pictou County, and we're the only one with a balcony, so it is a privilege to be able to sit up there and survey the beauty of this magnificent theater. And, uh, you know, this discrimination talk, <laughs> hmm, we here at the Roseland have a large colored patronage. They just love it here. Hetty Laird. Talk about Hetty Hank. Oh, yes. Sweetest colored lady you ever could meet. She bakes the best molasses cookies in the county. Better than my mama's. <laughs> uh, sorry, mama. It's true. She's been coming to the Roseland since the year we opened. So, um, over 30 years. <laughs> I help her up the stairs to the balcony. She loves sitting up there. Says it made her feel like a queen. And, and always the same seat by the end. And Lord, she likes her popcorn. <laughs> Extra butter. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Colored people come here all the time. So you can't say we're prejudiced because I won't allow it. I mean, that's just bad business. Like with like is all. It's just customary for the coloreds to sit with the other coloreds. End of story. That Halifax woman just stirred up a whole mess of feelings and made us look bad. She broke the law. Tell him. Yes, I, I will. She bought an upstairs ticket for 30 cents, which included a two-cent tax. She did not buy a ticket for downstairs. She did not spend 40 cents, so, so her sitting downstairs when she only paid for upstairs... It was wrong. It was against the law. She was practically stealing. Exactly. Stealing from me, our family, and stealing from Nova Scotia. That's the worst part. Magistrate called it unlawful. Tax evasion is a serious crime, Ma. And that's why I won the case. You sure did, Hank. That colored woman was just being a troublemaker. Uh-huh. Troublemaker. Violet Desmond, on the cover of the Clarion newspaper too many damn... Lord, forgive my language, but too many damn times. You made life troublesome. It was still waters until you had to say no. You couldn't just go up them stairs. And now I can't go nowhere in this town without people staring at me. Me. I can't go to New Glasgow again. You've brought too much crap into our lives. Still waters can also grow stagnant, Jack. Invite disease. And I did not bring anything into our lives that wasn't already there. Being treated like we don't matter over and over again is tiring, and I wanted to feel human. You let your pride run you. I still don't know why the Reverend supported such a foolish decision. Because it was right. But you lost. No. Your white lawyer messed up. He didn't mess up. We just waited too long to appeal. 
He should have known that, right? But you still couldn't drop it. Oh, no. No, little miss. Take action. Violet Desmond has to take it to the Supreme Court. To have the conviction overturned. What's wrong with that? You lost again. And then you wanted to go back for more? Lord, help me. Thank goodness you were talked out of that foolishness. How many customers have you seen since then, huh? My numbers have dropped. Men ain't coming in to get a shave or a cut, and it's because of you, Viola. People been getting threats if they come to us. Plain and simple, your selfishness put people in danger and meant we got a struggle. You think I was selfish? How? You just had to make a point. And to what end? We're worse off now than we were before, and it used to be pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah. But who says it can't get better? Better than what, Vi? I don't know what you want anymore. I want... I want to move on. So let's move on. That's exactly what I want to do. I was thinking maybe we could focus on starting that family we've been talking about. No time like the present, right? Oh... We could move to Montreal. I still have a lot of friends there from school. I could open another salon downtown. A beauty shop and barber would do real well there. I wasn't thinking we'd be together. Moving forward. Oh. Oh. I told you to take it to the Lord and you wouldn't listen. And I asked you to support me, your wife, and you didn't listen. You reap what you sow. You couldn't have expected a positive return on this kind of thing in this kind of town. You should have just... Let it lie. Yes, Jack, you've said that a few times. But why couldn't you have just listened to me? Just once. Why couldn't you have believed me when I said I could not roll over? Not anymore. Because I'm your husband and you're supposed to love, honor, and obey. It's in the Bible. No, Jack, it's not. I'll pack a bag and stay with my parents. You don't have to leave. Not right now. I do. Yes, I... I I do. It wasn't even about being black, Vi. What? Race wasn't even mentioned. Even the Supreme Court wasn't sure. They used a law against you. You didn't have a chance. You can stand there and say it was not about race. You know full well that it was. (laughs) They got you. You're like a slave that's happy he gets to eat. That's ugly. Sometimes the truth is ugly, and sometimes you act like an Uncle Tom. You're about to find out what ugly is, Vi. Going out in the world as a high yellow spinster in a world where everyone knows who you are. I'll sell my business and start over. Don't you worry about me. I'll always worry about you. You should have cared when it mattered. It doesn't matter now? No. Not to me. No. You see that? You're prideful. You know why nobody is coming to the shop? Of course I do. No, you don't. You think you're one of us because you kind of look black, but your attitude, the way you carry yourself, tells us that you're better than us. Who's us? Black folks. I'm not black. No, you're different. 
You're not black and you're not white. You're mulatto, mixed up, and you want different things. You want what white people have and think all Negroes want the same things. And we don't. We were happy without all this attention. You're talking about yourself. Now you see, I am like them. They're like me. And we don't care about restaurants and movie theaters or anywhere white people don't want us. We are happy as we are. Well, I am not happy, Jack. There is a whole world out there that's just out of reach because of our color, and there's no reason we shouldn't get to have the same things. When you said you couldn't believe something like this could happen in Canada, I thought, ah there it is. She hasn't really lived like a black woman if this experience is a shock. Look, you tried and you failed. Nobody wants to upset the time with this business anymore, so please... Go. Leave Halifax. Leave us poor Negroes with our scraps and conquer the world. Good luck. I don't need luck. I have skills. Education. Okay, okay, okay. You're special. We know. And that's partly because you're light. The sooner you accept that you being a mixed woman with advantages that other Negroes don't have, you'll be better off. You're just making excuses for lazy people. And it's 1947, Jack. It's colored, not Negro. It don't matter what you call yourself. To them, you're still a troublesome nigger. Jack. Hi. I'm sorry, Vi. That was... We'll be right back. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's not real. Limited Capacity is a collection of six darkly amusing stories about the mysterious ways we interact with the internet and with each other. There's something going on with him. It's like an act. I don't trust him. What? You're staring at me like I should say something, but I don't really know what to do here. That's the whole name of the game. Don't talk about how the town isn't real. You understand? Limited Capacity. Available now on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. It's hard to believe that Canada had to create a law to stop businesses from discriminating against the coloreds. It's 1956, for heaven's sake. And I hear there are still businesses ignoring the rule. Shameful. That Roseland dust-up with the Halifax woman was ten years ago? Lordy. I was there, you know. Mm-hmm. I just love going to the pictures. I feel like I can disappear for a while when the lights go down, just before the movie starts. I'm invisible, but still there, you know? I was so excited to see this one because of Olivia de Havilland. I mean, gone with the wind. They died with their boots on. That's my husband's favorite. And of course, the adventures of Robin Hood. Oh, gosh. She's fantastic, and I can't wait to see her in something soon. The Dark Mirror is what was playing when they carried that poor colored woman out of the theater a few years ago. And I was there. I'm sorry, miss. You're sitting in the wrong seat. 
I have my ticket stub right here. No, you're not allowed to sit here. I'm sorry? I, I don't understand. Frank, that's my husband, but he was my boyfriend back then, surprised me with tickets to the show, and the movie hadn't even started yet when there was a heck of a commotion to the right of us where she was sitting. We like to sit up close on the aisle on account of my hubby's long legs. I've never seen a colored person seated on the main floor. I'll bet if she'd sat at the back, nobody would have even noticed, but... Please, just let me watch the movie. I'm not doing anything wrong. I heard the manager whispering to her, and her voice was soft and real calm. I glanced over, and she was well-dressed, pretty, and... She was a lady, even though she was colored. They just grabbed her and dragged her out of there like she was a misbehaving child. She lost a shoe, and her handbag was on the floor beside her seat. My husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, told me to pay attention to the movie, but I couldn't stop staring at that lady's shoe. I just got up, grabbed it and her handbag, and went after them. It was November, and it was cold. And when I caught up with them getting ready to put her in a taxi to take her to jail, I noticed her toenails were painted the same red as mine. Play Red by Q-Tex. I just feel like a movie star with that on my toes. Her feet must have been so cold. The manager and the police officer just took her stuff from me and told me to go back into the movie. When the manager walked me back in, he gave me a free Mars bar. I wasn't the only one who turned around and watched them drag her out of the theater, but a lot of people just pretended it wasn't happening. I couldn't. I just couldn't pretend she was invisible. I'm a half-breed, just like she was, but my husband doesn't know that, and I bet you couldn't tell either. Please, don't print that, okay? Mi'kmaq blood runs through my veins, and when it's real sunny, I get almost as dark as any color you ever did see. My husband... My husband makes a joke about me secretly being a darkie, but if he knew I was a half-caste... I'd become invisible for real. I still think about that colored lady simply trying to watch a movie and disappear. There's nothing wrong with that. We all need to be invisible sometimes. lets our dog poop on the sidewalk and just leaves it there? Is this the world we live in now? Uncivilized and lacking in consideration. I like animals. Dogs are great, but this pushes it for me. I guess I haven't missed the train. No. <sighs> Do you have a dog? An animal you love? People treat their pets better than people these days. <laughs> so, where are you off to on this fine September day? Montreal. 
got a lot of bags, so I guess you're staying for a bit? No ring, so I guess you're going alone. <laughs> I'm heading to New Germany. Got a new job there as a teacher. What you reading there? Man's Search for Meaning. Whoa, no Chatelaine for you. <laughs> What's it about? War, the Holocaust, how to find forgiveness. Jeevers, grim. And me heading to New Germany, coincidence? <laughs> Sir, I would just like to read my book, if that's all right with you. You look familiar. Do I know you from somewhere? Viola. Viola Davis! It's Desmond now, Mr. Nixon. My goodness! Well, you've certainly grown into yourself since I saw you. My goodness, how long has it been? Uh, 20 years? A little longer than that. I really should get back to... I think I owe you an apology. I'm sorry? No, uh, I'm sorry. I've been thinking about this for a couple of years. I behaved terribly towards you when you were a teacher. I was young, recently married, but heck, you were so much younger. <laughs> I recall being a bit of a heel. You fired me, Mr. Nixon. Well, fired is a strong word. No, it's not. We didn't see eye to eye back then. What was good for the children should have been more of a guide over following some rules. I wasn't doing anything wrong. When a superior gives you an order, you, you listen. You didn't give me an order. You didn't renew my contract, so I didn't get to say goodbye to my students. You're right. When I look back on it, I wonder how I could have handled it differently. <laughs> reading about war doesn't prepare you for the real thing. Neither does reading about life. No kidding. <laughs> in 39, I served my country and got this limp for it after getting in the way of a bullet. But some things are worth fighting and dying for. Like freedom? Exactly. You get it. Would you say freedom is the opposite of slavery? I suppose so. And that sometimes you have to learn about and experience injustices in order to appreciate your freedom. I don't follow. You were cruel to me, Simon. I still don't understand why. I heard you sat up in that jail cell all night long, not sleeping, wearing your pretty white gloves. Is that true? Why did you think firing me was a good idea? <laughs> There's that moxie again. I think I'm starting to understand why that fracas in New Glasgow happened. What do you mean you understand why it happened? You weren't there. You just don't know when to back down from a fight, do you? It wasn't a fight. Sometimes... Backing down is for your own good, even if you believe in the marrow of your bones that you're right. Do you know the story of Icarus? It's pretty instructive, really. You should find if you can. By the way, what does that book say about finding forgiveness? I haven't gotten there yet. Hmm. The way I see it, how can forgiveness be anything but good, right? Well, I have to grab my bags, but it was very nice talking to you after so many years. Look at us, two peas in a pod. Leaving the only homes we know because, I don't know, our dreams are too big for this town. 
Well, anyway, good luck. You look as good as I remember. And that hair. It's a wig. Don't scold me. I didn't have time to get it done proper before leaving Scotia. I don't know why I care. Since Marcel passed away, I've got nobody to look good for now. What about you? You got someone to keep you warm in the big city? <laughs> no man's looking at a 50-year-old woman for romance. It's New York City. There must be some handsome millionaire looking to scoop up a gal like you. I'm too busy working to show my ankles to an aster. Thank you very much. <laughs> don't you get lonely, though? I miss my Marcel every day. And even though I got the five kids, they're all grown and only visit once in a while. At least you have kids. Besides, how can I feel lonely in a place like New York City? It's a city that never sleeps, don't you know? Sweetheart, you can be lonely in a community center full of people with a baby on your hip and a husband by your side. Population size makes no difference. I like living alone. I can be myself here. And you can't be yourself in Halifax. Things are different now. It's not such a small town anymore. You're missed, Vi. By who? <laughs> Mom and Daddy are gone. I felt like a visitor when I went back for Daddy's funeral. To some, I'm a pariah even now. At least here, nobody sees me as that woman. I'm just another Negro trying to make ends meet, not the troublemaker. There are so many people who are grateful for what you did. You need to know that, Vi. Some people think you're kind of a hero. Hero? <laughs> Malcolm X? MLK? Now those are some people to look up to. There are boys being blown up in rice patties in Vietnam right now who are real heroes. I didn't do anything. I stood up for myself. People do that all the time. If it hadn't been me, it would have been someone else. But it wasn't. That's what I'm saying. There's no future in the past. No point looking back at things we can't change. Says the woman with an old Scotia calendar on her wall. You miss Halifax. <sighs> I miss the smell of the ocean. Stepping outside and it's a little cool, but that sweet air just gives you life. That's all I miss. You're a bad liar. You made a difference. <laughs> Accept it. You sound like one of them newspapers that call every few years trying to interview me and make me into some activist or some nonsense. I'm no Rosa Parks. No, you're not. You were stronger than her. No. She had the NAACP behind her, and she knew what she was doing. You got that right, and life has still been rough for her. Rose, I just didn't like sitting in the balcony. Come on now. I couldn't see. <laughs> What? Rosie, I couldn't see a lick back then. My eyes were terrible. I always sat as close to the screen as possible when I went to the pictures. And that's the story you want to stick with. Would you rather hear me say that sometimes I wish I'd just stayed home that night with Jack? Or made sure my car was tuned up so it wouldn't break down in some racist small town? <sighs> Do you want to know that I can't go to the movies anymore? I hate the sight of Olivia de Havilland. I don't want to talk about that time anymore. Please. 
Okay, all right. So, Miss Talent Agent, who are you representing these days? A cabaret singer called Valour, and two men who want to be the next Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin, except they're not funny. (laughs) (laughs) My goodness, actors are fascinating, crazy folk. Close to Hollywood again. (laughs) At least it's warm in Hollywood. You got here on a good day when the radiator works. I like it here, though. New York has lots of colored people, so there are plenty of places to get my hair done, and cheaply. I barely got to move and there's a beauty shop. Well, speaking of moving, I better move these old bones and get to my cousin's place in time for supper. I get the feeling the snow isn't going to ease up anytime soon. This weather is nothing compared to back home. True, true. Winter in Canada will give you a strength you never knew you had. Halifax women are made of strong stuff. Come here and give me a hug. It makes me so happy to see you, Vi. Oh, Lord, you is still so tiny. (laughs) You know, every girl you trained, every student you graduated, they is your children, your daughters. Okay, let me go. You're going to turn me to dust with all that love and squeezing. Where are we going tomorrow? The Hayden Planetarium. It's my favorite place in the whole city. It's a date. Send my love to the family tonight. You should come with me. It's always nice to have another group of kinfolk in a strange town that you can visit. Oh, you're sweet, Rose. New York is my home now. I don't find it strange. Besides, I have some work to catch up on for some of my clients, so I'm going to have to beg off. Be safe out there and call me tomorrow. All right, girl. Good night. And up next, after the news break, number one song by the Righteous Brothers. You've lost that love and feeling. But first, the news. In a remarkable show of defiance to Jim Crow laws, the American Football League All-Star Game has been moved from New Orleans to Houston after several colored players were denied service by cab companies, hotels, and various other businesses. Led by the Buffalo Bills, including Cookie Gilchrist, this is the first boycott by a professional sports team of an entire city in American history. Martin Luther King had to say, I'm sorry, miss. You're sitting in the wrong seat. I have my ticket stub right here. No, you're not allowed to sit here. I'm sorry. I don't understand. You paid for a balcony ticket. It's more expensive down here. I can pay the difference. Hold on. Here you go. Coloreds don't sit down here. Uh, You have to sit in the balcony. Madam? You have to sit in the balcony. Madam, you need to go upstairs. You have to sit in the balcony. Please. You have to sit in the balcony. Madam? Please. You have to sit in the balcony. Just let me watch the movie. Madam? I'm not doing anything wrong. (laughs) 
That was the conclusion of Controlled Damage by Andrea Scott. You know, Laura, it's wonderful to hear her story, but it's it's also sad to learn about the severe toll that all the attention took on her life and that she ultimately passed away before really being known for the change maker that she was. Yes, and it wasn't until 2010, 45 years after her death, that she was granted a posthumous apology and pardon from the Nova Scotia government. We'll be back next week with an in-depth interview with playwright Andrea Scott. And if you'd like to hear more from Andrea, you can listen to her play, Better Angels, available on Season 1 on Play Me, on your CBC Listen app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Controlled Damage was written by Andrea Scott. It was directed by Nigel Sean Williams. The play featured Deborah Castrilli, Megan Swaby, Sarah Richardson, Taylor Olson, Nathan D. Simmons, and Jeremiah Sparks. We'd love to know what you think about Play Me. You can email us at playme at cbc.ca. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Expect Theatre or Instagram at Play Me Podcast. Play Me is produced by Laura Mullen and Chris Tolley in partnership with CBC Podcasts. A special thanks to our CBC producers, Sarah Clayton, Cecil Fernandez, and Tanya Springer. The executive producer of CBC Podcasts is RF Norani. Our senior director is Leslie Merklinger. Play Me is funded by the Canada Council for the Arts and the Ontario Arts Council. Play Me is an Expect Theatre production. For more information about our plays, please visit playmepodcast.com. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.